0: friends, it's Sage. I want to tell you a little bit more about the work that I do as an embodiment teacher, healer, and coach. I teach an eclectic blend of yoga and embodiment practices, along with yoga classes here on Maui. I help facilitate 200-hour and 300-hour yoga teacher trainings. Many of you may have met me through the YTT program or will meet me when you come to Maui to train to be a yoga teacher. I offer ceremony and rewilding retreats as well, as well as embodiment and intimacy coaching. All of the work that I do is supporting people in awakening and remembering the truth of who they are, remembering the pleasure and the peace and love that is your true nature. And as the name of this podcast suggests, I believe that we are all peaceful by nature. And my intention with this podcast is to support you in awakening and remembering the peace and love that is your true nature. So this podcast, I offer practices to nourish your body, your mind and spirit, And if something is awakened within you and you want to dive deeper, you can do that with me through being a client or joining one of my yoga classes. All of the offerings that I have are at wildsacredcollective.com. And that is the website that is fluid and flexible and that I update from time to time. And you can find more about the offerings that I have uh, there, and I will also let you know what I'm offering in the podcast here. You can also email me at wildsacredsage at gmail.com or connect with me on Instagram at wildsacredsage. As you know, I've been taking a pause from Instagram recently, and as this podcast is put up and there are more offerings I'm going to be rejoining Instagram so I will be checking those messages direct message me and that's also where you can submit your questions for the podcast really all of the work that I do is from a space of unconditional love I believe that in the space of unconditional loving presence reconnection with your body and the truth of who you are naturally emerges. You don't have to do anything. And then grounded in integrity and connection and love you can open up the richness of life's experience and when you do things from your soul you feel a river moving through you A joy. That's by Rumi. And the work, our work, is to remember the truth of who we really are and to do things from this place of peace from your soul. And you feel this river moving through you. You become. One with life. You have this feeling that life is dancing through you. Life is not something that you have to do or hustle through or burden yourself with. You're in flow, at peace because you are peaceful by nature. Hi friends. Welcome to Peaceful by Nature. I'm your host, Sage, and it is September 22nd, 2022, the fall equinox. I am here on Maui, and it's a beautiful day, and I am grateful to be recording the second of a promised six new moon recordings. Fall, fall is a beautiful time of year, and even though that there's not Changing leaves here, yeah, there's still a difference in the light and the quality of light. In the northern hemisphere, we are experiencing this shift from equal night and day, which is what the equinox is this balance point, into longer nights, shorter days. And as we move into fall, there's an opportunity to dive deeper within yourself and to let go of parigraha, which is one of the yamas to release, to let go of what no longer serves you in your own individual life, which is not serving the collective. Because our individual choices are making up our collective, our co-created reality. And as you do your individual work, you are shifting the collective. The structures that we see on the outside are mirrored on the inside. The cultural structures, the social structures, the ways of being on the planet that are no longer sustainable of constant growth, productivity. We have this obsession in our culture of continual spring, continual summer. And we have as a culture and as a in, increasingly the capitalist and global paradigm has become more, 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 and we're choking ourselves. And fall is a time of less, less, less release. There's a peace in release. And I've been cleaning out my home, fall cleaning, letting go. Just like the leaves and the trees, letting go of what no longer serves me, particular pieces of clothing that have been hanging in my closet. And every single time I do a deep clean in my home, there's more space. And that space within my external environment becomes space within my mind. Peace within my mind. And the practices that I offer here on the podcast are an opportunity to do that internal home cleaning. And we don't just clean and let go for the sake of cleaning and letting go. We let go and we clean so that we can have more space for truth, for love, for the things that really matter. And today on the podcast, I'm going to dive deeper into making space for what truly matters in your life and one of the practices that has been a wellspring of reconnecting me to what I really deeply value and a practice that I would love for you to take into your life because I would Love for you to be able to experience the river of joy, as Rumi says, flowing through you when you are living in integrity and aligning with your true nature. Offerings for this new moon and this next cycle. I'm teaching at Maui Shala on Maui. 9 a.m. on Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday mornings, a wild, radiant vinyasa-style flow. I also teach at Maui Hot Yoga in Kihei at 6 p.m. on Thursdays, and that is a similar flow, and it is a hot studio. I also will be hosting and co-hosting new moon rituals, every new moon, we have one coming up here on the 26th of September, if you're in Maui. These are women fire circles. So for women only, and they are free event to connect with community and have tea and be communally witnessed in setting your intention and supporting one another for your intention in this next moon cycle. And the meditation that you're going to listen to is actually recorded live for a team that I work with, if you would like to work with me and have me come in and do meditations, guide meditations for your team in your business or a family, I lead group meditation. And you can contact me at all the ways that I've shared my contact info. I hope to hear from you about how this practice goes of setting up your time in solitude in the morning and the evening, any other questions that you have about setting up a daily practice, your own embodiment practice. And I would really appreciate if you spread the word about this podcast, the best way for this podcast to reach the people that will, it will help most and be of service. Is word of mouth. That's how I get all of my podcast recommendations is friends sharing, hey, this is what I listen to. I think that you would appreciate it. So if there are people in your life that you feel would benefit from setting up a daily practice of meditation and yoga, or if you know people in your life that have struggled or are struggling with stopping drinking or really shifting behavior in, in any sort, pass this podcast along and let me know how it resonates with you and with your friends. It's also, also, it's also, also, it's also really wonderful to listen to something with other people and then you can talk about it. So have a beautiful moon cycle and I will see you next new moon. Thank you so much for joining. Namaste. As I did last time, I am going to take a listener question and then offer a practice to support this question. And today's question comes from Andy, who joined us in the August yoga teacher training. She writes, I found your podcast extremely helpful for setting up my daily practice. Thank you so much. And please continue to share your wisdom. In a future episode, I'd love to hear more about your solitude sandwich and how you make time for yourself in the evenings. Thank you so much, Andy. I hope that your daily practice is continuing to go well. I was so inspired by you and how you showed up and transformed over our time together, Andy. And... I was also inspired by your devotion and your dedication and your follow through. Andy took very deliberate notes during our entire training, writing down all of the book recommendations and the podcast recommendations and things I offered. And then followed up by sending out a spreadsheet to everyone with all of the recommendations and connecting with me about the podcast, and she said, I'm going to take every new moon as an opportunity to reflect on my life and to make sure that I'm living in alignment with my values. So Andy is an incredible human being, and I find you an inspiration, Andy. So thank you for that. And hopefully we can all take inspiration from Andy's dedication to a daily home practice as well as taking the new moon which is why I chose this time to release a podcast every month. The new moon is an amazing time to clear out what is no longer serving you and to reflect on your life. So the practice of the solitude sandwich is very much a daily practice of clearing space and reflecting on your life. So today we're going to dive into what the solitude sandwich is, what it is, how it came about, what it has done for me as um, my life has unfolded and how it's led me to where I am now, and then how to set it up for yourself. What is the solitude sandwich? The solitude sandwich is the bread of the day. So in the morning and the evening, taking time in solitude. Marianne Williamson, this is not a direct quote, but the essence of what she teaches is that when you give the first five minutes of the day to God, the rest of the day unfolds in miraculous ways. And I have found that for myself to be true. And how you live your days is how you live your life. And so the morning time is really setting the tone for your life, the quality of how you spend your morning. And then in the evening time before you go into sleep, the quality of how you spend the time right before you sleep supports how well you are rested. And there are many mysteries about what sleep does to us and what our dreams are teaching us and the mystery of sleep. But we know how vital it is to have a really good night's rest in order to support our lives physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that our Sleep is really important and so setting up space before you go to sleep and to reflect on the day that you've had. It's very easy to rush through the day and to finally get into bed and to not have time for reflection on how the day went and to process things that came up during the day Reflect on how you want to show up tomorrow, the best course of action to take on a particular project or plan or what you really need to do. The essence of the solitude sandwich is really aligning your life with the truth of who you are and your values, taking time to value what you say you value, to embody your values. So that is the quick overview of what the Solitude Sandwich is. And I want to go into more detail and how it came about and what it has done for me. First thing in the morning and last thing before you go to sleep. These are precious times, really powerful times. Think about what you usually do when you first wake up. What are the first thoughts that come into your head? What are the first things that you do in the day? For many of you, and it used to be for me, I would wake up with a jolt of anxiety and I immediately got on the train of thought, the thought train. Thinking about the past, thinking about what had happened yesterday, what happened last, the night before. And then what I needed to get done during the day. My schedule. And then I would reach for my phone. And I don't remember. (laughs) It's been so long since I first reached for my phone. But... When I would reach for my phone first thing in the morning, probably texting text messages and then text leads to email and then email leads to Instagram and just bombarding myself, ourselves with an onslaught of activity, of noise first thing in the morning. The phone is connected, is this portal to infinite anything. It is so vast and overwhelming, the amount of information and the amount of distraction and focus and attention pulling, sucking. (laughs) It's a vampiric device in many ways if you don't have a good relationship with it. So in the morning, the solitude and not reaching for the phone is imperative to aligning your life with the truth of who you are and what it is you came here to do and why you are doing what you're doing. And to align yourself with the joy, the joy that is life. The gratitude for the body, for the breath, for the experience of being alive, even if, maybe even more, if there's a lot of overwhelming things that are going on in your life, this time in solitude is imperative to reconnect with presence, truth, and love. So instead of the first thing in the morning being thoughts about what you did or what needs to be done and then reaching for your phone, having spaciousness in the morning, meditation, movement of your body in nourishing ways and practices such as journaling and contemplation and prayer that set the tone of how you're going to show up for that day. And then the other part of the solitude sandwich is at the end of the day, before you go to sleep, winding down because the morning time is really dictated by the evening before So setting yourself up for a morning that is spacious depends on the night before. In the evening, reflecting on the day and doing the things that you need to do to prepare yourself for the next day. And winding down in a way that is nourishing. You can think about what you usually do at the end of the day. For a lot of people, it used to be, for me, television, eating until quite late at night, looking at your phone, scrolling until way past when you know you want to be asleep and the body is so tired. And as I have you reflecting, these are not things to beat yourself up about. It's, it's, a so, it's a social thing. It's a societal thing that we are addicted in many ways to our screens. And as I talked about in the last podcast, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And so the system of a f- solitude sandwich of dedicating this time in the morning and the evening will set you up for success. Let me give you a structure of what the morning and evening look like, and then we'll go into the why behind it. I shared much more in depth about my morning practice, my morning ritual in the last podcast, and I will make that a separate podcast that you can listen to. You'll see it uh, probably as daily practice up on the podcast feed. In the morning, it is the sweetest time. I absolutely love my mornings. My mornings consist of meditation, journaling, movement, time in nature, and intention setting. Andy asks specifically about the evening practice. As I'm winding down for the day, my time in solitude begins uh, when the phone is put away. I turn off my phone, put it on airplane mode, and that usually happens around 8 8:15 8, or so i go outside and i sit under the stars stargazing is something that i have found really powerful as a way of automatically putting things in perspective Breathing, I lay all the way down on the earth and let the day go. I let my body be held by gravity. And I usually put my hands on my heart and I say, good job, Sage. You can try that right now placing your hands on your heart and saying, good job. Unless you're driving, don't do that if you're driving. I release onto the earth and look at the stars. During this time, I also usually eat something delicious. It's after dinner and I have some sort of dessert most nights. And enjoying my dessert under the stars, I reflect on the day, how the day went, and what I'm grateful for, the people I got to connect with, what I learned, the gratitude I have for living on Maui. the gratitude I have for the connection with friends, with family, with students, with clients, the gratitude that I have for connecting with nature, the time that I swam or ran or practiced yoga, reflecting first on the day in gratitude gratitude practice attunes us to what really matters, what we are grateful for, oftentimes quite simple. The simplicity of having a conversation with my husband at dinner. The simplicity of delighting in a new song and dancing. The simplicity of one step. The gratitude that I have a body that can walk and run on the planet. That I have a body that breathes. That I am surrounded by human beings that I love and who love me even when, maybe especially in that our expressions of love for one another are imperfect. After, and this of course is non-linear, these things ebb and flow as I gaze at the stars, I reflect on how I can show up a little bit wiser tomorrow. And I hone in on very specific things that felt dishonest or dis-easeful in my body. Noticing where I felt tight, where I felt out of integrity, out of alignment. For me, this comes up in when I play small. So when I am pretending to not... Be the fullness and the truth of who I am in particular situations. When I am being a chameleon, a shapeshifter in some way because I think I need other people's approval. And I recognize and have compassion for myself that the moments that I am out of integrity. They're coming from a place of wanting to protect me and usually they are times that I felt unsafe. As I reflect, if there are any big things that came up in the day that I didn't give myself time to process in the moment, going back and giving myself whatever it is I need, So it could be that I didn't cry because I wanted to hold it together, letting myself cry or express anger. When you are reflecting on your day, you don't need to express anger or let the person know that they made you feel that way. The one person that you are in charge of is you. If action is needed to be taken on any particular thing, you'll know when to take it. This time is really about tuning in and nourishing yourself. After I have my time of gratitude and reflecting on how I can show up with more wisdom and compassion, I stretch just a little bit out under the stars. I wind down for bed and my bedtime is making sure that I have great dental hygiene. So taking care of your mouth. I talked about this in the daily practice in the morning, tongue scraping. The health of your mouth is very important for the health of your body. Our microbiome, you've probably heard a lot about the microbiome and the gut. It's very important that you have good mouth care in the evening. So flossing, brushing your teeth, washing your face really well, washing the body, washing the day away, taking care of the physical body, the Anamaya Kosha. The next part of my evening ritual is stretching and gentle embodiment. And the intention of my embodiment practice in the evening is to calm the nervous system, to calm the body down. I do not have a structured yin practice or one particular thing I always do. This is intuitive movement. And usually it's about 15 to 20 minutes. If I have longer, I'll take longer. It's very gentle, very slow. And I love using a foam roller, rolling out my back, rolling out the muscles, releasing the fascia, taking cat, cow, stretching out the body. And during this time, it's in quiet, really allowing the body to wind down, to unravel and wind down. And once I've done an evening movement practice, my body as naturally desires stillness. And this is the time when I meditate, sitting down or lying down, and allowing my body to come to rest. This meditation in the evening is an expansive, open awareness meditation. I'm usually close to my bed at this point. Depending on the evening, I take time to journal and to read. Sometimes I do this before my embodiment practice and sometimes after. If it is after my embodiment practice, I make sure I always put my blue light glasses on. Our eyes are very uh, important to protect because of our sleep cycle and our circadian rhythm. So if after your evening movement practice and meditation, you do want to journal, make sure that you have good blue light glasses, high quality. And in my evening journaling, Reflecting if there are particular things that came up. And let the journal end in something languid and creative. Letting yourself doodle or draw and becoming less linear and less word thought focused. Earlier in the evening, you can write out your to-do list for the day bef- for the next day. This time is not about making a to-do list. It's to be done, to be in being mode, not doing mode. And reading before bed. Something that is nourishing and not going to ramp you up or overstimulate you. If you enjoy fantasy or something that's going to take you away from your present reality and help you drift into dreamland, then you can choose something that is storytelling But if it is something that is going to be so exciting to you that you are just going to want to keep reading, then you risk not having the deep nourishing sleep that you need. I really love to read things that are very similar to the soul book that I talk about in the morning. Sometimes The Course in Miracles or Rumi or Hafiz. I really enjoyed reading The Wise Heart by Jack Kornfield before bed. Something that will set you up for a loving sleep. And that's my evening practice. Why solitude? Why is it important to spend time in quiet, in solitude? Solitude is one of the most powerful wellsprings of wisdom. Thomas Edison said, The best thinking has been done in solitude. The worst has been done in turmoil. Lord Byron says, Then stirs the feeling of infinite, so felt in solitude, where we are least alone I feel that in solitude is where I'm increasingly least alone and the more I tap into the truth that is already here inside and the love that is already here inside the less that I need to go seeking and depend being dependent on the outside world to give me the love that i need or the answers <laughs> that i need that it's all inside and then i i can come to the the plane of being a human being and the play of being a human being with other people with a lot less neediness and a lot more abundant giving of myself and I can show up better for my teaching and in my relationships, because I've nourished myself and I am in tune with what really matters to me and live in increasingly alignment with my values, with integrity. And This is what I want for you in your practice when you set up a solitude sandwich. The why behind it is deep self-care and deep self-peace, being at peace with yourself. So much of our world is created co-created to distract, to numb, to constantly be in a state of perpetual growth and productivity. And it's absolutely exhausting. And nobody is going to force you (laughs) to take this time. But I want to give you permission to take this time in the morning and the evening and it's a revolution, it's a radical act of self love and a radical act of waking up of becoming the person that you want to become and aligning yourself with what you truly value, embodying your values. The time in the morning and the time in the evening sets the tone and also dictates how your life unfolds in so many ways. I want to share some things about how the solitude sandwich or taking time in solitude, solitude, the power of solitude how it has revealed itself to me and how I have come to recognize the benefits. As I've shared with many of you in class, when I was living in Los Angeles and I was pursuing acting, there was a time in my life, a decade or so, where I was a very heavy drinker. I drank a lot. I drink on a daily basis and as many numbing or distracting behaviors are, it was a problem for sure and I needed to stop drinking but underneath were all of the reasons why I was drinking and solitude revealed all of the reasons why and it's given me the opportunity to do the healing that I needed to do, that I am continuing to do. It's not a done process. I woke up and recognized, really recognized, I think that we all know those things that were like, well, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And then they get worse and worse and worse. I knew I needed to stop drinking five years before I did. And I was really mean to myself about it. Um, The constant struggle, beating myself up every single morning for how much I had drank the night before, and then breaking my promises to myself by 5 p.m. most nights and drinking, and then repeating that cycle again and again. And it was a personal crisis. There was someone in my life that I almost lost And I had a profound wake up call, I won't share their story, because it's not mine to share. But I realized, as they were on the cusp of death, how I was not living my life. And it takes these big wake up calls sometimes to realize how we are To realize how we're sleeping, that's why it's called a wake-up call to realize all the ways that we're living out of alignment, and it wasn't all of the ways it was slowly revealed to me over time. But triage means you know making sure that the things that are killing you most, that you stop those behaviors first, and then all of the things underneath um, that I'm in the process of healing revealed themselves. And it was on, I forget the date, but it was uh, through almost three years ago now that I committed to not drinking. And when I committed to not drinking, that is when I started journaling every day. And the power of journaling and then meditating and practicing yoga... All of these practices, the ones that I teach in real life, the ones that I help my clients with, the ones that I teach on this podcast, all of them come from my embodied knowing that the they are things that have helped me and that's why I want to share them. And I started writing and journaling every single morning. First, it was day one of not drinking and... I would journal about the anxiety and the fear that I had. I would journal about the power and the delight that I had. I would journal about everything, just writing, 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 writing. And this was very perfectly right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was February when I quit drinking and then we went into lockdown pretty soon after. And... I didn't have to um, put boundaries up as far as saying no to social situations, which was such a gift. And in the evening I would write again, reflecting on the day and my evening solitude of journaling and meditating and doing yoga, embodiment practice, that was in lieu of drinking and it really gave me the things that I thought drinking were going to give me. I wanted relaxation. I wanted a way to let the day go. I wanted love, -love, self-love, self-care. And I wanted to sleep deeply. And... My time in solitude in the morning and in the evening became, first they were my lifelines. I needed them to not drink. And they were not the only things that helped me out of heavy alcohol use, but they were a really powerful part of it. And then I craved solitude. I love my solitude. As I am increasingly living in integrity and alignment with my values. Solitude is sweet. Solitude is exquisite. Time in solitude is about self fidelity, being loyal to yourself to tune into what truly matters to you and to give yourself the nourishment and the love that you need and to delight in your life, in your being. And it's to put into practice the ways of self-reflection to process things and to reflect how you are living in alignment with ahimsa, with non-violence with all of the ways that you want to live. How are you showing up? And solitude is allowing life to live through you it in it imbues trust in the mystery of life. Trusting that you are on a co creative ever flowing, ever evolving, ever changing path, a journey. And I believe that we all have the capacity to align our lives with what truly values, truly what we value, even if it seems like society is against it in so many ways or that their to-do lists are too Monumental or the obstacles too grand to overcome. When we get down to the essence of what is really going on without the story of what's going on, we come up with creative and empowering and incredible solutions. Integrity. Integrity is crucial. Integrity is how we are living in the truth of what we really value and embodying the values that we have. Integrity is aligning with the truth of nature and being in the flow of life with life. So that you're not doing or pushing life, you are dancing in life. Aligning with this truth takes practice because our society is one of distraction and constant growth and is out of sync with the cyclical rhythms of nature and not in harmony with the truth of who you really are. And it's revolutionary. It takes a lot of courage to take time in the morning and the evening for the practices that you know bring you true nourishment. This is true self-care. That's really what it's about. We're sold so many things as self-care that are not self-care. It's important. It's important to take care of the body in getting your nails done or your time in solitude is the essence of yoga. Yuj. to become one with God, with the divine, with true nature, with truth. This is your spiritual practice. And it is one of the most empowering and important things that you can make time for. We cannot change the world. But we can change our response. That's what the essence of responsibility means. You are able to respond. You have the capacity to respond. And there is a sacred pause between stimulus and your response to the stimulus. And practicing pausing and tuning in, in the beginning and the end of the day, you're more likely to tune in to that sacred pause throughout the day to pause before you react. And for me, this began in that sacred pause was pausing before I habitually or reactively reached for a drink. And tuning in, is this the wisest choice? That question is really powerful. What is the wise choice in this in this circumstance? What is the wise choice? Having the courage to pause throughout the day, to take a breath, to not immediately respond to people. And... You are not an endless to-do list. You are not an endless improvement project. Remembering your wholeness, returning to the wholeness and the peace and the love that is already here. It allows you to see the clarity, see with clarity, the clarity of the situation, whatever situation you're in. And letting go of what is not in your control, releasing control, Apatigraha, uh, letting go non hoarding, and Ishvari pranidana, which means surrendering your life to the divine, letting go. Letting go, you are not in control, <laughs> you are in control To a certain capacity of your own responses, but even to that there is so much that is dictated by the subconscious mind, which again, these practices help you become more aware of making the unconscious conscious. Because until you do, until you make the unconscious conscious, I think it was Jung who said it will rule your life and you will call it fate but the outside world you don't have control over and letting go releasing and trusting discernment between the things that you can change and that you cannot change surrendering the future into the hands of the divine. I surrender the future into the hands of the divine. So what has this solitude sandwich done for me? It's hard to tease out in the course of the last few years what practices have done what, because everything fuels everything else. But (laughs) living as sage in my body and living the daily life that I'm living is so drastically different than it was when I started this practice three years ago I (laughs) it's really beautiful to reflect on because my life is totally changed the essence of who I am and who is living inside that that little part of you you know that that essence of whoever you are that has been there since you were seven since you were two since you were one since you were born that same essence is still inside of me and was all the way up until now. And it's been a process of remembering that truth that has changed the daily life that I'm living. Before my solitude sandwich, I would wake up in anxiety because I had usually been drinking the night before. But even if I hadn't, it was still this constant barrage of what I needed to get done reaching for my phone, checking email, checking text, and being bombarded with what I needed to do. And then it was hustling to the gym, beating up my body, and then going and commuting long hours to work to a job that I wasn't really in alignment with. I was teaching, but I wasn't teaching from the truth of who I am. And then commuting long hours home and feeling like I just wanted to have an off button at the end of the day and pouring myself a huge drink or two or three or four and passing out either from exhaustion or from drinking or from both at the end of the night. And it wasn't all bad all the time. There were certainly moments of glory, of... Sharing time with friends and sharing time with family in nature and lots of things that I loved, but I wasn't really fully present for it because my mind was so busy and my mind was so full of stuff. Oh, oh I have so much compassion. That woman was really trapped in so many ways. And I'm so grateful that I I, I had the awareness to, to promise myself that I would not die trapped in these cycles of living in a life that I really did not align with. And when I started to practice deep solitude, meditating every day, journaling, and practicing yoga, and then getting outside, being in the trail, in in the mountains, and on the ocean, getting in the water every day. I was living in Santa Monica at the time. And Getting back to simplicity and simplicity and spaciousness, clearing out the things that didn't align, there was space to dream for what I desired. When you're constantly listening to all of the distraction, to all of the noise, you cannot hear the voice of truth and God inside of you. And I started to listen and value truth and myself and align myself with integrity because it brought joy my spiritual practice because i loved it mm. and in that space the uh, the dream started to develop of living in a place where i could be on the ocean and live in alignment with the rhythms of how I wanted to live my day. And it's not like my life here in Maui is, I moved here and boom, everything was perfect. In those spacious times back in Santa Monica, I started to have visions of the quality of water that I wanted to swim in every day. Being able to be naked under the sun. And doing work that is aligned with the truth of who I am, my dharma. And bit by bit, the seed was planted, the images became more clear. And whenever there was resistance or things that started to come up, I really started to do the work of healing, of of healing the trauma, the memories that started to come up. And it's all still in process. But if I look back to where I began the solitude sandwich and where I am now, I wake up in gratitude. Most days, deep gratitude, I live from a space of gratitude and love. I make time for the things that really matter to me. These last few weeks, I was taking care of my four-month-old niece and I totally cleared my schedule so that I didn't have to be distracted. I wasn't on social media and I was just present with her, with my sister. And now when I'm in, When I'm on the phone with my mom or I'm in a room with my dad or I'm talking to a friend, I'm fully there. I'm not halfway in and halfway out of a conversation because I'm choosing from a place of truth and love. I'm getting emotional because life is so short, my beloveds. And one of the big motivations of the shifts that I've made was Mary Oliver's quote, what are you doing with your one, what do you plan on doing with your one wild and precious life? And the entirety of that poem is about collapsing in the grass, kneeling in the grass, to pay attention to a grasshopper. And when I am in solitude, there's space for what really matters, which is the quality of attention that you show up in every single moment of your life. And right now, the fall equinox is a wonderful time to do this reflection for yourself. How do you want to show up? What are the things that are really valuable to you? And how can you align your life with those things? It doesn't need to be all at once. The trees don't drop their leaves all at once. Most of them don't. I don't know. Maybe there's a tree out there that does that bit by bit you let go of the things that no longer serve you. And you root down into what really does matter. I let go of a lot of things. It's not all bad either. It wasn't that everything in my life in Los Angeles or that even the traumas that I've experienced, they're not bad. It's just a release and evolution. So today's practice is a meditation and a reflection for you to release what no longer serves you, aparigraha, let it go, non-hoarding, and to root, to ground down into what really matters to you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for this wonderful question. It created a lot of reflection, a space for reflection for me, and a gratitude for this practice, for my solitude sandwich and how much it has shifted my life. And I really hope that it it offers you all a shift. Uh, I would love to hear I would love to hear how this practice is for you. Please let me know was this helpful? And what you are discovering and how your daily practice is shaping up. You can reach out on Instagram at wildsacredsage or email wildsacredsage at com or connect through my website, wildsacredcollective.com. And if you'd like to support in setting up a daily practice, a daily ritual in the morning and the evening, I offer embodiment and intimacy and life coaching sessions. So you can contact me through all of the modes I just mentioned. And have a beautiful equinox. This time is precious and powerful. A lot of us are getting ready to travel and to spend time with family. And on a final note before our practice, I want to encourage you that this solitude sandwich or time in solitude is not just something that You take when it's convenient (laughs) it's a radical act of self-care that you continue these practices in some capacity even when and maybe especially when you are with family and friends sorry I found my s's are like whistling exquisitely today Um, that the solitude sandwich is something that you take time for when you are traveling and when you're doing things that are out of your normal routine because they ground you and they allow you to show up in your life with your people that you love in a way that is most beneficial. It might look different. It might look different than your normal practices because really, if you did all of these things in the morning and the night, it would be a two-hour practice more in the morning and another two hours in the evening. And the morning practice is going right into the evening practice. So there's there's facets of it that you can let go of and let enough be enough. But take time in the morning and the evening for solitude and do the practices that nourish you most. Getting outside, meditating, moving, something that tunes you in with you so that you're more likely to take that sacred pause throughout the day and that you are living in integrity. So that is my question and answer for this new moon. And I am so grateful for everyone who is listening to the podcast. If you would like your question answered, In October, shoot me a message, reach out to me on Instagram, and enjoy this new moon's meditation and reflection on what you are rooting into and what you are letting go of. Namaste, beloveds. So finding yourself and arriving in your meditation and paying attention to how you prepare, that you're not rushing, that there's nowhere to go. And Meditation really is a time of tapping into the being mode. We have different modes as human beings, we have the doing mode and the being mode. So transitioning from the doing of the day, of the morning, and letting the morning go. And as you arrive, closing your eyes. And using the first three deep breaths to let go of what ever has happened in the day so far. And these can be really big cleansing breaths and you can allow yourself to release on a sigh if that feels good. So exhale all your air out. And then take a deep breath in. And release, let it go. Two more deep breaths. Inhale deeply. And release on a sigh. Ah. And with every exhale, letting your body surrender. One more deep breath to release. Inhale. Release. And noticing the difference in only three breaths. And tuning into where your body is on the planet. So where the earth of your body is touching the planet earth. If you're in a seated position, noticing where your sits bones are on the cushion or the chair. And if you're lying down, noticing where your legs and your torso and your arms and your head are supported by Mother Earth. And really let gravity hug you and hold you. Releasing both hands, the right and the left. Letting the wrists go, the forearms and the elbows. Releasing the shoulders. Letting the face totally relax. you release the eyes, the nose, the mouth. Let the jaw go. <sighs> the back of the tongue. the whole inside of the mouth. Let your head be held. Just like you were a baby, letting your head be cradled by Mother Earth. Let the neck go, the heart. Releasing the torso. Let the belly be really wide. So as you breathe in, let the abdomen expand. And let the belly be the belly, making space for the internal organs. Nothing to hold in or to suck in or to suck up. Just let it all go. Releasing the hips. Breathe down into the bowl of the pelvis. Release the hips. Release the hips on the right side and then the left side. And let the whole right leg release. So releasing from the hip, the thigh, the knee, the ankle, and all the way down to the foot. Maybe wiggling the toes on the right foot and letting the toes release, the heel release. You might feel a tingling sensation on the bottom of the foot as you totally let the leg go. And then do the same thing on the left side, releasing the left hip, the left thigh, the left knee down to the calf and the ankle, all the way down to the toes on the left foot. Maybe wiggling those toes and releasing. Releasing the whole left leg. And surrender the whole right side of your body onto the earth. Really let it be held by gravity. And then release the whole left side of the body as well. And let the whole body release. And I would like you to imagine that you are your favorite Tree, A tree that is grounded and rooted in one of the most wild and beautiful places that you love. For this metaphor, it will help if it's a tree that changes color in the fall, so maybe a maple or an aspen, or a sycamore tree. And feel the rootedness of this tree. The roots dropping down into the earth. and the trunk of the tree and the branches expanding up and out and the leaves and find the stillest point inside the tree, inside you rooting in, grounding in. And imagine this tree in the springtime. And there's new buds on the tree, new leaves on the tree. Nests and birds eggs of baby birds cracking open, and springtime all around. And then imagine this tree as it turns to summer. And there's an essence that remains the same inside the tree as the leaves bear fruit and flower. And it's summertime all around the tree. And the days are long. Maybe people come and picnic under the tree. And it's summertime. And the essence of the tree remains. And then imagine this tree as it becomes fall. And the leaves turn to brilliant yellows and golds. Reds, And during this time, the roots of the tree grow even deeper. There is a knowing inside the tree that winter is coming. And this is a time of surrender and letting go. And just like the tree letting go of the leaves, fall is a time for you two to let go. Why does the tree let go? The tree lets go of the leaves because there's not enough sunlight and they won't bring the tree nourishment. So it goes down deeper into its roots and that's where it gets its nourishment from. And you can allow the answers to just float up to you of what you are ready to let go of in your own life. And what you are grounding into, rooting into during this season of fall, of autumn, of change and letting go. So let's start with the roots. What are the roots, the nourishment that you are drawing up from, the soil in your life? It could be time and nature doing things that bring you joy and peace, connection with others, rooting in. What is the true nourishment that sustains you? And as you root, rising up to the leaves that are brilliant, yellow and gold and red and Release. What are you letting go of? Could be behaviors. Things you know no longer serve you. Maybe they did for a time, but they no, no longer serve. Resentments. Busyness. And it could be that you imagine on the leaves of the tree that you write out particular things you're letting go of and then watch them drop away. Let the wind of fall. Shake the branches and let go. And coming back to the essence, the trunk of the tree, the essence of the tree, your goodness, the birthright of who you are, the innate goodness inside your heart. The roots nourish this goodness. And as you release this season, you can imagine this tree in the winter in stillness. And the essence of the tree remains, trusting that spring will come again and then summer, and then fall, and then winter. These cyclical rhythms, always changing and yet there's an essence of you that always is there, the goodness inside. And in this final moment together, tune into your intention for this season. From here on out, the days become shorter and the nights become longer. Oftentimes at the time with more family and travel. And tune into how you wanna show up in your work, in your play, in your relationships. What nourishes you and what you are letting go of. And we'll close with three deep breaths. Take a deep breath in a sigh of gratitude for yourself another deep breath in gratitude for all those who showed up for the meditation today deep breath in gratitude for life and then starting to bring movement back into the body. You can rise on up. And I hope you have an absolutely delightful equinox and happy fall, everyone. Mm-hmm.